Welcome back to the Pro Series Podcast. This is episode 69 with Hector Sanchez. Hector is a photographer who specializes in interior design and architecture. We talk about how he got into the business and specifically how he got into interior design and architecture photography. He gives us some advice on some interior designers on who to look for when you're looking for a photographer and how to get published in different publications like HGTV, Architectural Digest, and so much more. But before we hop into this episode, please make sure you like, subscribe, and review this podcast on wherever you listen to this podcast. And now I hope you enjoy episode 69 with Hector Sanchez. Thank you so much, Hector, for coming on to the Pro Series podcast today. Excited to talk to you about photography and interior design. Um, I always like to start off the podcast and talk about how I came about um, your company or how I came just learned about you. And it was I had Sarah on a call a couple weeks ago, I think, or maybe it was last week. Um, they're all running together at this point. Uh, uh, but she talked about you and um, your business. And I've always wanted a photographer that specializes in interior design and architecture to come on and kind of give their out their input. So very glad to have you on today. Thank you. Thank you very much. Good to be here. Awesome. Yeah. And I want to start out with um, your background. Um, growing up, did you, you always wanted to go into photography or is this kind of just like a passion project that uh, kind of led yeah. into I did uh, actually, I, uh, I don't know, at some point in early childhood, uh, my parents discovered that I could take a picture without cutting heads off or legs. Okay. And there was some kind of uh, a family event or something that we needed a picture of, they would hand the camera to me. <laughs> so it, 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 it started there. And I think it was just ingrained from that point forward. Um, and then it wasn't until about seventh grade uh, that I actually took a little photo course, and and it you know that uh, that one of the teachers was uh, interested in photography, so he started teaching the kids. Uh, he offered like a little course within uh, within seventh grade uh, curriculum mm-hmm. you know, to, to 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 teach little photography uh, skills, and and then that summer, you know, after seventh grade. I, uh, my parents were divorced. Uh, so I went back home, which is Key West, uh, to visit my, my dad and asked him to buy me a, a, a camera. And, uh, that's where it started basically. Uh, yeah. So and you, this is a sidebar, but you grew up in Key West. I did. Uh, how was I, that growing up in Key West as a child? I feel like that's uh, like an alcohol was, central. <laughs> It was fantastic. Um, okay. You know, my my mother really trusted my brother and I and, uh, a lot. And, uh, would She would allow us just to roam around uh, Key West because there's only so far we could go, you know. Yeah. But, it, you know, it was like um, jumping on the bike and, you know, like, I think it was like three blocks from my grandmother's house was, was a beach. And, you know, the, and that was in the seventies. Uh, uh, for me, it was like late seventies. Uh, we jump on the bike and with the mast fins and snorkel and a spear gun and, and go and like spear fish or, or grab uh, a conch, uh, a conch shell with a conch animal in it. 
uh, when it was, uh-huh. you know, still not considered endangered. Um, but yeah, yeah, we could go right offshore and and um, and get like a grouper or something. It's uh, those days are long gone, but that's kind of what it was like. Um, just that's very cool. A lot of exploring. Yeah, um, that's one part of Florida I have not been to, and I hope to be there one day. Well, I highly recommend it. And uh, a few years ago, I shot a, a photographed a story for uh, Southern Living magazine, and they asked they asked me to go down to do like this like a off the beaten path kind of story of the Florida Keys. And uh, uh, most of it was around Island Morada, which is um, about 80 miles north of Key West, uh, close. Basically, Isla Mirada is closer to the mainland of of Florida. And I'd never really spent any time in in Isla Mirada. And I uh, was there for that for that shoot. And I really kind of fell in love with it. Uh, It's it just has a completely different vibe than Key West. Uh, And, you know, I'm not I'm not discounting Key West in no way. I, I just say if you ever decide to go down drive from Miami and stop in Isla Mirada for a couple of days and then you know spend the rest of your time in Key West but you you you, you, you it would just it'll blow your mind <laughs> yeah I need to try that out we my family always goes to Florida for uh vacation we try a new spot all the time um but both of those spots I haven't been to I think my parents my parents have been to Key West but um yeah we're about Isla Mirada well, I have a short list of, of things to do in Key West. And okay. uh, I'll it to you. The, the one thing that I tell everyone that goes to Key West is um, if you go down in a car, park it and rent a bike. If you go down okay. uh, and rent a, and, uh, you know, if you go down your car, park it and rent a bike. If you go down in a, and fly down and rent a car, take it back to the rental place, rent a bike and just pedal around the island. That's the best way to see Key West. It's the most enjoyable way. And try to go down in the cooler season. And, um, you know, like right now is a really good time. Right now through um, uh, April is the best time to go. Although if you're into the water sports or into fishing and things like that, the summer is best to go because the water's uh, much calmer and a a lot warmer. Yeah. Gotcha. We've been to Marco Island a lot. Mm-hmm. Where we just were this past summer. Yeah, I saw Marco Island on. Um, I haven't followed you yet. I saw that you followed me, um, but I was looking through your through your uh, post and I saw a Marco Island. So yeah. I've been. There. I love Marco Island. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, Absolutely beautiful. But it is a di- completely different. Um, it's not like a fishing or like a, a stereotype. Like Fort Myers was kind of like a beach town. Like, yeah in Naples and uh Fort Myers is a or Marco Island is a completely different oh yeah it's very it's very it's like like a a neighborhood on you know on the water it's kind of a peninsula isn't it or is it it, no it's an island but because there's one bridge right in and out um but it's just it's weird it's it's like a giant suburban neighborhood Right on the water. Exactly. That's there probably couple, the best way. There are a few hotels and there's some shopping, but yeah, not a like a beach town as we, you know. No. Go, no. You know, like 
Arizona or the panhandle of Florida and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So growing up in Key West and you got your love of photography, were you just taking pictures of like all the the landscape and everything outdoors? Is that how it started? Yeah. Uh, so uh, naturally, the first thing that I started doing is taking pictures of sun, uh, sunset. So, ah, okay. Uh, you know, and I didn't, I, I knew a little bit, but uh, I knew enough to get me by, but I, I took some nice pictures for whatever age I was then. Um, and um, I took them back home because we, you know, my mother lived in, we lived in Georgia. And then, um, I don't know, there was like a little photo contest or something and I entered it and they, they like kind of won that. And then the images, the images were displayed in the school library for, you know, a few months, which was just reassuring and, you know, and it was good. It was, it was a whole good experience. Uh, the same summer, uh, a family friend, uh, really a really close friend of my dad's was a kind of a novice photographer in Key West. And uh, he, he said, I have something for you. You know, it's up in, it's in the basement of our, of our house, uh, not in the basement, uh, in the, the attic of our house. And he took me up there and it was just a, like half a attic full of like vintage uh, darkroom stuff, equipment. Oh, okay. He gave it all to me, you know, the stuff that still worked. And then I took it home that same year. I took it home and I started, I set up like a little makeshift dark room in my, in my mother's uh, bathroom. We lived in a trailer. <laughs> so uh, it was tiny and, you know, uh, but I made it work. I put black, I blacked out the window and, and, you know, and then I, I put all the trays uh, in the, the tub um and i would just do and i set up the enlarger thing on the on the uh the washing machine which is right you know next to the tub and yeah and i was just kind of doing it um that's cool yeah do you miss those days with the dark room yes you do I, okay do i i do um i would you know i was pretty good in the dark room but uh, I, you know, I, there were a lot of people that probably took it a lot more serious than I did. And one of the classes in college, um, that was offered was called the zone system class. Um, it was taught by this great teacher at, at RIT is by the name of Willie Osterman. And there was a couple of Willie Ostermans out there, but this is the Willie Osterman from, from, uh, from, uh, RIT. And, uh, he, um, taught the zone system, which was, uh, Ansel Adams, uh, basically, it was a system that he set up for exposing for uh, his photography in the field, and then then there was a second second or third step to it in the dark room, uh, where we would go through this whole. But it was really it really was uh, based on how you expose things at the time of making the photograph. And uh, anyway, so that and that you would take into the darkroom as well and make these fantastic, uh, beautiful prints, black and white prints. But yes, I do. And um, maybe one day I'll, I'll pick up some 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 uh, darkroom equipment again and, and tinker around with it. But yeah. I do. I enjoy printing from a desktop um, mm -hmm. and I have have a large plotter uh 
printer uh it prints like i think 44 45 inches wide oh, wow, so yeah. i can massive prints and that's kind of a, a new thing for me which i'm, I'm uh i want to exhibit or sell or show more of my work um and that's a way of doing it so i can and i can do it black and white or color that way however uh in the dark room you know the the analog way of doing it is it it, it involves chemistry and silver um mm -hmm. and sil silver halide crystals attach themselves to the paper you know and so it's pretty close but i'm not really sure that the digital prints will ever be quite as beautiful as a as a dark room print yeah you know? in high school i took a graphic design class that we had a whole section on photography and there was a dark room and we learned about it all and we had to develop our own but do they even sell um actual film anymore yes there are yeah. yes actually still makes film okay uh, much smaller batches um and i think that they really trim down their their catalog of film you know uh they i think they, they stuck to the staples and um there are other companies uh ilford still makes film okay. um ilford actually oddly enough makes large format film which is so i have a i have a a, a, a studio camera it's a it's a wooden it's a wooden uh it's it's a it's a camera made of mahogany wood and then oh. you know, it was built in the late 50s it's a it's a well-known company in that era for making large format cameras for studio photography um it's called a deerdorf but the format is 11 by 14 inches so okay imagine, you know you have a 35 millimeter frame that's about that big versus you know 11 by 14 inch so mm -hmm. it's a, it would be a sheet of film that that's loaded into a, a holder that you're able to put two sheets in one per each side so you you make an exposure you flip it over and you make another exposure then you take those out you go into the dark room and you process them but yeah it's a big sheet of film and the camera is giant <laughs> that's crazy that's that's something i i want to start doing personal work with um and i may what i'm thinking about using it for is to do alternative processes which could be like uh glass plate negatives and tin types and that sort of thing gotcha that's yeah cool. that's cool the camera yeah. needs the camera is so large uh and it's mounted uh to a a stand a rolling stand and it, it it like it needs it's a dedicated space to work with yeah so i haven't figured that out yet but eventually yeah so when did you start up in photography for interior design and architecture uh okay so just i'll go back a little bit okay and um, so I, I went to a four-year college. Uh, I decided to go when I was 27. By I was 28. Uh, I was September of 1998 when I went back to you know when I went back to college and went to okay. a four-year college. 
Rochester Institute of Technology. Most people know it as RIT. Um, so yeah, I was, you know, I was older and I was taking things a lot more seriously. And um, I had another career. I was, in, uh, it was a medical, uh, medical, or I, I was a surgical assistant um, and decided uh, as bad as I wanted to be a doctor or, or become a surgeon, it's just medical school wasn't an option for me. Yeah. So I chose my second love, you know, which was really my first love. Uh, so I decided to go that, to RIT and go through their program and did really well there and um, had a great time. And uh, it was about 2002 that I moved to New York City and um, I started working there. And I was most interested in, in uh, photographing still life food um, related. Wow. Okay. So I was shooting for a lot of different uh, magazines and such and food projects and uh, still life and what have you. And, um, and I have a, I have a really good buddy, a, a really good friend of mine. His name is Eric uh, Piasecki and Eric was also shooting mostly still life. And then he kind of ventured off into to, to shooting interiors. Um, and I started, I started working with him or started assisting him uh, when he was shooting uh, still life. And then I started assisting him when he was shooting interiors amongst other photographers I was working for. But mm -hmm. uh, Eric's love and skill of shooting interiors rubbed off on me. And uh, I was still in New York. So doing a little bit of everything, still life food and started kind of dabbling in interiors. And um, eventually, uh, I'm leaving a lot of stuff out, but I, roughly I was in New York for eight to 10 years, okay. uh, on and off. Uh, but in 2012, uh, a magazine, a Southern living magazine reached out to me and asked me, uh, if I consider being a staff photographer for them. So, um, January of 2013, I moved to Birmingham, Alabama for them. And I, they hired me as their staff food photographer and um i you know i was sh shooting uh mostly food uh, of course and still life and then from time to time i would shoot uh some kind of interiors project whether it was for them or i was or an interior designer or what have you and i just started shooting a little bit more and a little bit more and um they they actually had a uh Southern Lemmy had a staff interiors photographer and um, she decided to, to go on her own and, and you know, it, it, uh, to be a freelance. And um, then that slot opened up for me and um, which was great. And mm -hmm. Yeah, that's kind of how it happened. That's cool. So what, do you like interiors better? Um, you know, a lot of people have asked me that and I'm not, I'm not sure. Yeah. I, I, I just love what I do, period. Okay. Um, okay. The difference is I get, I get a little tired of being in the studio sometimes, you know? Okay. I, and what happened was uh, uh, just the way they work uh, in the studios uh, at, 
uh, where it, at the time it was Time Inc. and then it became Meredith and now become this uh, Meredith slash, I forget the name of the other company. Um, but they set up a bunch of studios there and, um, and they had, you know, uh, multiple staff photographers, but nobody had a dedicated space. Um, you would kind of like move around based on where the, uh, they had multiple photographers, they had multiple food stylists. Mm -hmm. And now the food stylists had dedicated kitchens, but the photographers didn't. So they would move you closest as possible to the, to the kitchen where the food stylist was, which is, which I totally understand, but, um, it makes the photographer a bit of a vagabond, you know, and like just, uh, you know, you're never settled. Um, and oh, most photographers just like to have their space set it up, have, you know, with the cabinets and stuff organized and what have you. And it just never felt that way. So that, that kind of wore on me. And, um, and so I think that was like the beginning of the end for, uh you know studio stuff even though i still do it uh Absolutely. but so, no i mean i love the great thing about interiors is um you're always working with someone new mm -hmm. and 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 uh uh every space is different uh you know whether it's an entire house or it's just a kitchen or a bedroom or something but it's always something new. And I, I really enjoy that. And I, and I really enjoy, um, you know, how talented these, uh, these, those people are, those designers and how they, um, layer and color and texture, uh, and make that work in a, in a specific space, you know? Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. One thing we wanted to talk about, um, was how to get, into a publication um like southern magazine or, or hgtv magazine or something as a designer that, that that's a goal for you know a lot of people they want that um yeah sure to see see their pictures in there and it's obviously not going to come from them or from an iphone picture um what's some advice on how to get published and the importance of getting a photographer that specializes in interiors specifically um for their jobs um so they have a chance to get on into a publication um well there's a few steps you know to that um first of all you know uh, it's important that designers are familiar with publications and the publications that they that they like the most or the ones that they think um uh, you know, exhibits their their style or the type of uh, projects that they work on is a good fit for certain magazines. Um, mm -hmm. So becoming feel familiar with the editors, uh, uh, the homes editors for, for different magazines and uh, the photo editor is very important or the photo director is, uh, is really important to magazine. That information is available uh, in every magazine, uh, the front section, the first, let's say, six pages or so, there's uh, a section called the masts, and under it, uh, that mast is a list of every the all the you know all the people who uh, are part of the magazine. And so, 
it, it starts with the editor in chief, the publisher, and so on. It goes down, and um, basically, uh, all the types of editors, whether it's a homes editor or a food editor or so on, they're all there. And you can get names there. And sometimes it actually comes with an email to find those uh, people. Uh, but um, so the next step is, uh, is sending out photographs, introducing yourself and then sending out a few photographs of a particular project that you, you know, you'd like them to see. Um, you know, uh, I've seen a lot of like, just being with the magazine, you know, I would see sample images that uh, a designer would send in of a particular project and actually could be pictures that they took with their phone. Mm -hmm. You know, editors are able to see past the bad lighting or whatever, you know, angles and um, converging angles, whatever that, that all that's not so important, but having good photography is also very important and that the good photography is what you know i think you would want to put in your social media platform or your your definitely your your websites but um uh then finding a photographer you know as, uh again you know looking at magazines getting familiar with uh people out there photographing um not everybody well, maybe I, I don't know, you know, uh, some of the photographers that you see in the magazines might be so busy that they're just not, and, and say that you're a new interior designer, somebody's, it, what you could do is you could reach out to like uh, a more well-known photographer and ask them if they have an assistant or something that can help you get started, mm -hmm. you know, uh, if they aren't available. Yeah, someone they're mentoring or something like that. Eric, that's how I really got started. Eric, you know, saw that I was talented and trusted me, has good rapport with me, knows me, uh, knows my work ethic, and he would start recommended, you know, jobs that he wasn't available for, or just didn't want to do whatever. He would recommend me, and then it it started to build from there. That's very cool. Loaded question, but if there's a designer out there that um, wants to pick up photography and wants to learn about it and then wants to do their own jobs, is there a certain type of camera they should be looking for to shoot interior work? Um, not necessarily. You could, okay. it's really the user. You could have a crap camera, but the best. You could have the best camera, but if you don't know how to use it, it, it you know, defeats the purpose. You could have a crappy or a so-so camera. If you know how to use it, you're still going to get a lot out of it. Yeah. Um, it's really the basic photography skills that you have to start with. Understanding um, exposure. Uh learning how to understand light and read light, natural light. Um, some spaces are, have no windows. So what are you going to do? Um, so it's beyond the knowledge of knowing how to use a camera. Um, then you have to know about uh, how to use like artificial lights. 
Um, it's possible to photograph rooms or spaces just using um, using uh, you know the ambient light or the the existing light that's that that was designed for the room that is, but uh, that comes with its disadvantages because one light is much brighter or another light might be much dimmer and it's very hard to learn and understand how to balance those things also the color temperature is always an issue it gets a little comp it gets a little technical and complicated but i don't know i think uh, a designer that has decent photography skills it, it would it would be beneficial for a designer to actually to photograph their spaces at least well enough that they can use those images to pitch a story if they can come up with better images, you know? Okay. So once you pitch it, they, in a magazine likes it, they will send out like a photographer of yes. their liking if the photo wasn't up to par. Yeah. It's in that, you know, it's just, that's also, uh, dependent, you know, the, the homes editor might want to add color when they want to want, she may want he or she might want more flowers or uh just move uh, they may want to move some furniture around a little bit just what have you um yeah. they might want to photograph it in a certain season uh oh, so okay. yeah it's That's it's uh, but it's it's not uncommon uh for even you know even if a designer hires a, a professional photographer to come and photograph that they pitch those images and they still send another photographer anyway for for those reasons i mean i've photographed uh, uh projects for for designers that actually have gotten them published okay but they have chose to use my images and they have chose to to send another photographer for whatever reason like the ones i mentioned before gotcha I do that a lot. Actually, the majority of my work is for interior designers uh, in, in hopes or in order to photograph something well enough to get it to hopefully it will get published. Absolutely. Yeah. Help them out. It's better. It's 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 uh, would say easier, but it's a little bit more likely these days that if the if the photography and the space is good enough that they'll pick up the images and, and, and publish them, especially now post uh, COVID or, or at least where we were with COVID a year and a half ago. Yeah. Um, things really slow down uh, at, you know, as we all know, uh, magazines just stopped shooting and yeah. then, you know, they, a lot of them have, you know, are looking for content that because they just they don't have they have less of a pool to pull from now, if I, if at all. Exactly. So that's yeah. it's a good thing for designers. You know, and it's it's actually a good time for designers that um, to get recognized or or, or get, um, you know. So absolutely, um, shoot your yeah. shot. Try to just who the worst thing they could say is no. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, you know, going back to doing your own photography, I, that's something I've actually thought about is, is uh, maybe offering some pointers, you know. Well, yeah, Even, classes on it, yeah. Benefits with your iPhone um, 
just teaching, uh, you know, how to keep your... Uh, Looking, you know, how to expose, uh, study light, um, being parallel to the walls you're photographing uh, versus perpendicular. Or if you are perpendicular, then these are the other things you have to consider. Um, some things, you know, some some ideas on how to uh, control light. Uh, Absolutely. Use it or... You know? I think that would be very beneficial. Yeah. Because uh, a lot of designers want to keep it in-house and, you know, paying someone to that could get costly and the amount of jobs that they're pulling through on a constant, um, on a, on if they're a well-known company. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, that'd be awesome. And that might be something we talk about in a future episode as I, well. Well, Sarah and I have actually, uh, we've, uh, before COVID, we were talking about doing uh, some kind of workshop where I'm teaching photography skills and she's going to teach social media uh, skills and ideas. Uh, and it would be geared to like um, influencers and or, or people who actually just want to learn mo more about both. So um, it would kind of like, you know, two or three day uh get away and we you would get both photography and social media and we still will probably do it um so i'll definitely awesome. yeah we would love yeah. to have you part of it uh, that would be awesome yeah i mean with both you you and sarah's background that's insane. yeah yeah and i know i have connections i'm on the board for um the nkba kitchen it's national kitchen and bath association here in pittsburgh and that we try to do that stuff all the time so if you yeah. partnered with an association like that you you'd get a really good turnout yeah yeah uh we we started discussing this you know sarah and i are are a couple yeah uh, yeah <laughs> yeah the cat's out of the bag or however <laughs> People are always like sending her messages asking, uh, ask, hey, y'all should get together. Well, we are. And <laughs> we just couldn't keep it secret anymore because people just, we just thought it was the best thing to do than be the most professional thing to do. Um, so, but anyways, early in our relationship, we were, we had visited uh, uh, Chattanooga and okay. there's a hotel. Chattanooga that we started to talk to about it where they would offer the rooms at a discounted rate but they were in a part of town uh right next to the uh, oh is it the Chattanooga River the Tennessee River I forget uh, sorry uh Benny was it's right there and it's next to this historic walking bridge um and it was just it was the perfect setting you yeah. know it would have the hotel then we would have uh, uh, some kind of conference space in the hotel at our disposal. And then I would have places that I could send the student or the, you know, the people participating in the, uh, uh, you know, and in, in, what am I trying to say? In the, um, um, the event that we were hosting, yeah. uh, you know, the uh, to go out and, you know, and and like I can send them out with an assignment, they can come back, and then we can critique it and talk about that stuff later. But absolutely, uh, yeah, um, that's really cool. I I spoke at. Oh, what was that? 
it's still we're still gonna we're gonna do it it's just awesome yeah both of us have had (laughs) yeah so i spoke at an event a couple uh probably a month and a half ago or so on social media and Mm -hmm. designers love that because you know that's something social media is a free marketing tool that a lot of them don't know how to use um, right. They're taking in all the information and photography goes hand in hand with social media. So that'd be awesome. I would even attend that. Okay. We'll yeah, but, here. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to end with where people could follow you on social media. Um, uh-huh. They could contact you. Okay. Uh, there are two places. Uh, I have a rep, uh, which is uh, Esther. Uh, I'm sorry, either artist, artist, E-T-H-E-R. Oh, boy, I better double check that one. You might have to edit. Um, can't look on my phone because. You should be able to. Uh, yeah, you should be able to. Yeah. OK, uh, let's see. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, you there? Yep. You see, I'm trying to get you to trying to get you to come back, and it went went black. Yes. Yeah, it looks like the video might be turned off. Okay. There, there we are. Okay. All right. So ask me that again, and we can pick up there. Yeah. Uh, Hector, I want to finish off and seeing where people could follow you on social media or reach out to you for maybe a business opportunity. Yep. Um, uh, so um, my Instagram page is where I'm most active. And, and uh, so that's Hector, H-E-C-T-O-R-M, Sanchez, S-A-N-C-H-E-Z, photo. P-H-O-T-O, Hector M. Sanchez photo on Instagram. And uh, I love Instagram. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a great way, you know, for, especially as, as a photographer, because it was image, it's always been image based. Now it's video based mostly, it seems yeah. that. But um, it was a great outlet, you know, to just, so so that said, you know, I, I love to post, uh, personal and professional work on there so i could take a cool picture of my dog or just to take a picture of my dog running around the yard and then the next image could be you know a, a bathroom that i just shot or something and I just so yeah i like to try to keep it a little bit loose and not so uh regimented or has to look a specific way polished yeah I tell you, I, I go back and forth with how I feel about that, but um, I just want to relate to other people uh, and let them know that I'm an approachable person and yeah. flexible. And yeah, so that's all what social media is about—that's how you build your right. You have to that, relate to them, and I have the same problems that you have, and or whatever. Yeah. What I do try to do is try to keep personal stuff off of it you know yeah. and in politics i keep that out of it too yes because that could ruin you <laughs> there actually might be a little hint like 
I'm not sure that you would ever actually find, uh, but but yeah, time to time there might be a little something that really gets up my po politically. But um, no, <laughs> I really try to keep religion, politics, and personal stuff off off of it. Um, yeah. But uh, so I have an agent uh, or a rep in New York. Um, his name is James Taylor, uh, not the James Taylor, but the James Taylor. Okay. <laughs> Uh, uh, either artist uh, e t h e r artists dot c o and awesome. so James uh, represents a variety of photographers. Whether it, it could be a still life photographer, food photographer, fashion people, uh, lifestyle, and then he also represents uh, food stylists and prop stylists. And that's actually a great place to go to to see a variety of you know, what people do, uh, and the, 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 just a variety of different creatives in one place. Yeah, um, absolutely. I highly that, that you go out to, you know, to, to, to go out and check out, uh, James's, uh, website. Um, so James helps me with, uh, commercial work or advertising. Awesome. Okay. Um, if someone were interested in and in, in talking to me about photography, you know, I asked that they would reach out to me directly, which is uh, Hector M. Sanchez at me.com. Hector M. Sanchez at me.com. Um, Perfect. But sometimes if a project is very complicated and might be used commercially, then I'll refer them to James. Oh, okay. It but there, you know, the the interior designer stuff is just it all boils down to uh, commercial usage and uh, uh, commercially, you know, images will be used worldwide or nationally or regionally and so on. And then length of time the images are available. But um, those are all questions that I would love to get. Uh, I would love for people to reach out to me about. Um, can awesome. discuss. That, so. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Hector. And I'm looking for new clients. So We always are. Yes. Thank you so much for hopping on the podcast today. I can't wait to get this out. Thank you. I really appreciate your time and your questions. And I hope we can do it again, you know, on, on another topic related Absolutely. to art and interiors. Absolutely.